Thought-provoking? No question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK. Referring to center, well, this morning we have, uh, we have the right in the center. Bob Metz is here, Jim Chapman here. Jeff Schlemmer is on his way. But we say good morning to Mr. Metz. How are you today? Morning, Jim. How are you? And doing, doing Happy New well. Year. And the same to you, sir. Uh, I want to take a look at something today, and, and I don't know how this is going to work with, with the three of us, or with the two of us and I with the three of us, because I think there'll be a, a, a temptation for us to sort of do this with a broad brush, but I, a broad brush is not going to happen. It's going to have to be more specific. Here, here's my question. Mr. Martin says, and he's made this quite clear, that he intends to cut government spending. There been stories in the newspaper for the last three weeks. There's more stories this morning in the different papers from different perspectives about, you know, they're looking at this, they're looking at that, they're looking at something else. Um, there are a couple of stories from caucus members who say he's laid down the law, and he said that boys, we're you know we're we're cutting back. That's just as simple as that, and you better find ways to do so. Well, we know from experience that the way governments often cut back is is with the big stroke. Well, okay, we'll take uh, there's five billion we won't give to the provinces for health care, just as an example. It's uh, a Mr. good one, and that's what's going to happen. From Mr. Martin's past history, you know, okay, mm -hmm. th this, is a, this is a cut, this is a serious cut, we'll make the tough cuts. You know, we just dump it on the province. I want to set them aside, because I agree with you, Bob, that probably is what will happen. But I, I, I wanted to see if you had thoughts, and see if Jeff had thoughts on, where can we reduce government spending? And maybe not, again, in the big things like, let's cancel that whole program, let's throw that whole department out, because we know they're simply not going to do that. But... Are there areas that you've run into, or, 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 or Jeff, areas that you've run into in, in the law where you could look at it and say, you know, if they change this or this or this, we could indeed reduce government spending. We could reduce federal spending and come in line with, with what Mr. Martin says. That, uh, you know, we, he wants to reduce it, and here are some practical things. So I guess, uh, in essence, that's what I'm asking you guys today. Do you have any practical suggestions? Uh, and again, not shut down departments, because that's just not going to happen. But practical suggestions of areas where you think they, they should look, areas where you think they can save meaningful well, amounts of money? You have to look where all the spending is. It's in the social area. That's the big area of government spending. And that doesn't relate to internal government departments unless they relate directly to that spending. But you have to realize that what Paul Martin is doing is, is a necessity. Talking about government, cu cutting back on government spending. This is not an ideological shift in thinking or anything, but it's a necessity. He must do both for economic reasons and for political reasons. He's got, uh, politically, he's got a, quote, united party on the right coming up, mm -hmm. and now he's sounding very right-wing. He just took, pulled the carpet out from under them. Mm -hmm. and, and economically, we have to cut back on government spending because there's no other way to abate the continuous rise in taxes at all levels of government. Yeah, but if you Bob... And, so, so that's, uh, that's all I'm stating so far. Okay. Now you're asking me how. Right. You can cut back in every area, um, from municipal right to the federal. But definitely... For example, health care, you want to avoid that, but it's not the, the federal government's jurisdiction to be meddling in the health care system at all. That's a bribery system yeah. that they're doing Bob, right you're, now. Bob, you're, you're, you're doing but exactly what he didn't want you to do, though. Wh what you say we can cut everywhere. Give me some specifics. Where can we, what can we do without? Well, what can we can do without a lot of government services. What government services, the ones we want are the ones that we're starting to get cut back on, and those are the ones that need to be... Okay, so uh, what ones don't we those want? Are, well, basically, it's wealth transfer from one group to another. Yeah, but, but Canadian, Canadians basically are supportive of well, that. Well, 
Yeah, but it's destroying the country. Doesn't matter. And days are supportive of it. The government is not going to do things. Doesn't matter, Jim. Necessity dictates that once your credit card is at the limit, whether you want to spend more or not. Oh, but it's not it anywhere near the limit. It's not anywhere near the limit. Well, now. it's getting there on the international scale, and we're our it's been a long time since we've heard about debt walls. I mean, uh, taxes have not gone up uh, in the last decade in Canada. I don't know what you talked about as far as that goes, but. One of the fundamental things that, that uh, strikes me is that every politician who wants to get elected says they have a way of working smarter, and it's always about, well, we can do more with less, you know, we can identify waste and all that stuff, and yet they never seem to be able to do that. Well, that's what I'm asking you to do, well, identify think, the waste. Uh, well, I, I can tell you right, right off the bat that uh, there's all kinds of red tape in government. The problem is, the reason it's there is because the public demand it. They want things both ways, and I can tell you a perfect example is uh, social services that, that I deal with all the time. The laws around uh, uh, delivery of benefits to disabled people and people on welfare have become much, much more complicated in the last eight years. The paperwork has probably, there's probably about six times more paperwork now than there was six years ago. And that paperwork has to be uh, has to be processed by people who work in offices that have to be heated, they have to be given chairs and benefits and everything else. It's extremely expensive to have all that paperwork. Well, why do we have all that paperwork? Well, because the government said that fraud was a big problem. So they decided, oh, we have to micromanage this and we have to get into absolutely every detail about everything in, in the world. And and the problem, or the, and, and a reason that that happens, and it happens in the federal government all the time too, is that a scandal happens. And when a scandal happens, the mentality of a bureaucrat and a politician is this can never happen again. So we have to make sure five ways from Sunday that we're covered, so that when something does go wrong, as it inevitably does, we've got gallons and doodles of paper to show it wasn't our fault, no matter what happened. And what, and I think that that's a big difference between the way government operates and, and some private enterprise, because I think that in private enterprise you're allowed to take calculated, reasonable risks and if things don't pan out then you don't get blamed you, you you move on and you try other things a lot of the great advances that have been made by corporations are because they take a risk they push technology a little further than people said it could be taken or they try coming out with a car that's got uh, styling that is controversial uh, because they think that might work and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't but they take those calculated risks because they know that that's the way you move forward in government there's really no incentive to ever take a calculated risk the incentive is always again to be cautious and to cover your butt and to have tons and tons of red tape uh, and there is tons and tons of red tape. If somebody could somehow come out with uh, some kind of assurance to government that, look, if things go wrong once in a while, we're not going to dance on your head and go crazy. Because is this answering your question, Jim? How, no, how no, Paul Martin is no, going but neither to... Did you. Uh, no, in fairness, well, neither did you. Well, first of all, Jeff starts off talking about taxes have not gone up in the last decade, but spending has. And that was the question you asked. How is Paul Martin going to cut back on spending? Not On government well, spending. spending. Has not gone up. No, it hasn't. Well, yes, it has. Well, it, it, unless you're talking about absolute spending, but of course yeah. everything has gone up because our population has gone up in the last decade. Well, what other kind of spending? Okay, let's not. Let's not. I don't want to. I don't want to argue about spending or taxes. I don't want to argue about about taxes or spending because that's not the issue. The issue is Mr. Martin has said he wants to reduce the cost of government. He wants to reduce the cost of running this country, and I'm asking you guys specifically, how are we going to do that? Okay, I can get red tape. You move to more user pay instead of non-user pay, which is a nonsensical for less, that you, you spend less, <laughs> but you get less. But is there a way that Why you can Why do you think that? Well, because what you're saying is that instead of getting a service that's free today, you'll pay for it tomorrow. Well, that's not saving you and I any money. It may save the government money, but we're paying it out of our pockets to a uh, user fee instead yeah, but, of a tax. But the question is, is how is Paul Martin going to save the government money? That's how he's going to do it. Well, but Excuse me, that's in that the answer is, to the question. It's going to save us money at the end of the day. Sure, we yes, can it say, will, because the amount the government spends... We pay for privately now, but it'll cost us just as much. Why? Why? No, Why? it won't. Government spends more money doing anything 
than the private enterprise does. That's just a fact of a, a law of economics. Well, I see Highway 407, and I don't see that private company uh, running a real lean Do you ship. think the government... They don't, own, they don't own the highway. It's owned by the government. They just contract out. You're, you're confusing... Oh, the rates? The rates of what? Of Highway 407. The company does. The company exactly. does. Yeah, so yeah is, but is they still don't own the property, property per se. Well, look, at, should hospitals be operated the way 407 is? Would we be better off? Well, should grocery stores well, be they operated are. like they the healthcare system? generally well, private know. to just go, get government funding. I think the problem is that you can Here's find what examples you do, of bad management Jim, in both. Instead of spending government money on programs, you spend it... If, if you're dedicated to social services and, and helping people who, who are in need, instead of spending the money on healthcare, education, spend the money on the people who are in need. Help them directly, even if it means directing the money to whatever institution or whatever they, they, they have need of. Mm -hmm. But I you agree. don't create a universal system where people who are able to pay don't have to. Where And that's what's coming, regardless of whether we've got liberals, conservatives, or NDP in the federal government. That's why I say these changes are coming out of necessity. And we will discover... In the, f in the future, that going this direction is going to give us better health care service. The idea that in Ontario, that you and I and Jeff cannot walk into a doctor's office and use our own money to pay for services that are covered by the government is ridiculous. That keeps no, money away from yeah, the health care system. We're back to I ideology. You're just saying that, uh, yeah, that... that What's ideological about that? Enron will always be more efficient than any government enterprise. And you, you'll always yeah, believe that, and I never will believe that. But fundamentally... Jeff, I if think, you were a doctor... Jim, if you're saying, what are, what are things the government could cut out? Yeah. You know, yeah. they cut out, uh, you know, what's left of our Air Force? I guess they could. You know, mm -hmm. would life go on? I suppose it would, you know. Well, I talked to General Lou McKenzie last night on television, and he said what we have to remember about the cost of our defense establishment is it, it effectively is our entree in two things. It's our entree to the world. It's our, it's our ability to sort of justify ourselves to the world and our, our demand for a, for a, a voice in, in world politics right. that, that you have to belly up to the bar. And also, he says, we have a responsibility to, to uh, because of the great bounty and plenty that we enjoy in this land, that we have a responsibility to, to share that. And one of the ways we share it is through foreign aid and through peacekeeping operations yeah. and so on and so on. Yeah, but would the world end if we didn't do it? No. And are there all, all kinds of countries who have virtually no armed forces? Yes. And are we going to be invaded by, you know, Red China tomorrow if we don't have an Air Force? No. Is it a good idea? No, I don't think it is. I think you're right that we do have a responsibility to do those things. The question is, can we cut things? Yes, we can. But is it a good idea to cut them? Well, every program out there has somebody who's a champion for it who will give you a very good rationale for why it's there. Why Let me ask you about it. what you said before about about the uh, the welfare payments, for example. Mm -hmm. If you were to, if you were the welfare czar, and, and I'm assuming you'd do away with that six times the, the paper we right. used to do, mm -hmm. what, what do you think the net result of that would be? Uh, well, I think that what would happen is what Bob says, that is that uh, when you and I pay a tax dollar to help a poor person, we'd like as much of that dollar as possible to get into the pocket of the poor person. We don't want it spent on bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. So a lot less would be spent on them. And I think that what could happen, and I don't know if there's any politician who has enough leadership uh, gumption to do it, would be to say, look, we're going to run a lean, mean sh machine here. We're going to try and cut back on red tape. I remember reading about uh, there was a general in the Air Force in World War II who was given the task of cutting back red tape uh, in the Air Force and cut out 50% and, and said nobody noticed the difference. But it was just so hidebound, it's like we've always done it this way. And the suggestion of consultants when they come through is never to say stop doing things. It's, well, you should do this additional paper and you should have that additional paper. Even just in, in my own area, I've found in the last uh, year, it's become much more onerous to try and get documents from organizations because of the privacy legislation. So now we have to get written retainers and written consent forms that we never used to have to get. Well, what's the mischief that that's trying to, to uh, uh, solve? Has there ever been a case of a law clinic 
going out and writing to a doctor saying we represent so and so when in fact the law clinic didn't represent so and so of course not you know so we're spending all kinds of money on red tape and this is like magnified throughout the whole bureaucracy uh, to, to solve an ill that doesn't exist we're going to pause for a second this is left right and center with bob match and jeff schlemmer and when we come back we invite you as we always do you're always invited to join us on the program uh six four three twelve ninety is our telephone number where do you think the government could save money and again I, i'm not looking for you know shut down this stop doing that i'm looking for things that they might actually that you could present to them and say you know look at this this might help what do you think they should be doing what do you think you could do without in terms of government services six four three twelve ninety This is Left Right Center on News Talk 1290. The music behind that, of course, is money, which is what it's all about. We're asking where you think the government, the federal government, where could they save money? Where could they cut back? Do you have any specifics you can share with us? And Murray's on the line. Hi, Murray. Hi. Hi there. Yes, I do have uh, a suggestion. Yeah. They could cut down on the, their pension they get. After four or five years service, they get a good pension, so mm-hmm. they can cut down on that. The, so reduce- Because they serve the government for the government. Everybody else is serving for somebody else. They yeah. have to wait 65 to get a pension. Yeah. All right, thanks for the call, Mary. Appreciate it. And Richard's up. Hi, Richard. Hello. Where do you think they could save money? Well, if I can um, ask you something first to your guests. Um, is the WSIB, is that a federal entity? Provincial. Pardon it's provi- me? It's provincial. Oh, it's provincial. Yes. So this would not apply then if I wanted to say that um, they should be... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of waste at the WSIB level. What, what kind of waste? Because it would probably apply to other board. What kind of waste do you see? Well, here's one that's coming up. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but uh, they are setting up a new commission um, at the, um, at the, like, we're dealing with uh, Ontario cities and setting up a commission that will investigate, apparently investigate, complaints from um, the public sector. And they're doing this from city to city. And um, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what that's going to cost us and whether it will be a fruitful thing to do. Well, that's a good question. A lot of these things, I mean, we're, we're chock-a-block with committees and commissions in both Queen's Park and Ottawa. And they're all complaint-based, too, I might add. They're not justice-oriented based. They're just complaint-based. We are today employing myriads of bureaucrats just who look at complaints and do nothing but look at complaints. But you, wa- you watch the mess we're walking into here in City Hall with this Human Rights yeah. Commissioner. Mm. The problem is, uh, though, that, that we is get, just a we can of worms. It's deserve, never going to go away. The problem mm. is the government have been told over and over again you didn't consult with the people when you did this, that, the other thing. So now they're so gun-shy that before they lift a finger they want to have all kinds of focus groups and cons- consultations and so on. And really that's a substitute for sound management, isn't it? I root? think, yeah, I think so. Richard, thanks for your call. I think that's right, though, Jeff. I think that, and we do hear this from politicians all the time that well you know you you hammered us when we said this and you hammered us when we said that because we didn't consult i think and i suspect you think too that it's not so much that they didn't consult it's that they what they came up with was stupid that that you know six reasonable people in a room would not have arrived with this program and yet they roll in with the program dump it on us everybody freaks out and then they go oh my god well you know we didn't consult we better consult more the next time if they just done their job properly it wouldn't be an issue but i'll give you an example with the workers comp board and i we actually got out of that business in the mid 90s because we were just too jammed up but uh, that was a, a bureaucracy that was extremely slow it took years to get anything done and i think a lot had to do with the fact that they had so many levels of bureaucracy and so many uh, appeal levels in my case that were not very good 
And rather than having three levels of appeal that are superficial and meaningless, I would rather have one good one. Mm -hmm. you know? uh, that kind of thing would help a lot. One that makes a difference, well, that's if right. it's necessary. Yeah, well, exactly. And uh, again, we've got so much redundancy built in because, well, you say you didn't like the first level, so we'll give you another couple beyond that. But it's like, well, why don't you just give me a really good one the first shot, and then you can save two offices, shut them down, you know, and not okay. have to be paying all okay, those people. Okay, here's a problem. Here's a problem. And you just hit the nail on the head here. Shut that office down. We don't have to pay those people. Where do those people go? Well, what they did when they uh, laid off tons of them uh, under the Harris era was that they all had uh, bumping rights, you know, and they would bump from one ministry to the other, and uh, ultimately the people with the least seniority are let go. And where do they go? Oh, they go on the street. Well, and that happened. Mike yeah. Harris laid off thousands and thousands yeah. of, of employees, you know. Same place anybody else goes when they get laid off. They go look for a job. But you so, know, the, so the issue is not where do they go. The issue is, is the, is the economy productive enough to have enough jobs for, for the people that will be coming off government roles? Which what, is, if, what if it isn't? Well, then there's going to be a lot of unemployment. And it's ironic, but I would almost say it's better to pay them unemployment than to, than to pay them to do nothing. Well, and, uh, uh, you know, because at least then they can do other productive things. Nope. Like, but, I don't think you do find any lefty even who would argue you should keep a government employee employed so he won't be unemployed. They keep him employed because oh, he's doing something useful. I think you could find a lefty or two who would go along with that. I know a couple of lefties well, who would go along with that. You. Yeah. You know, but you know, I want value added. I want my, my government to be as efficient as possible. I want to be providing services to me. And when they're, when they're doing it in a, in a lazy way, when they're doing it in an inefficient way, that really upsets me. And I, I, I You must be upset all the time. Well, I, I tell you, I, I write a lot of letters. I'll tell well, you listen, <laughs> government, government value, when you have government do something, it's value subtracted, not value added. And... Jim, you're always talking about how come they don't do it right? How come they don't do it right? It's because their objectives are political. They're not really out to, to do what they tell you they're doing. It's all politics, especially since it's being funded by the political machinery. Mm -hmm. But I find it very strange that Jeff should just simply dismiss my earlier argument that we have to get back more to user pay, and he dismisses that as an ideological argument. No, all I'm when, saying is it doesn't save me a penny. No, hang on, well, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. But, but I'm getting to the ideological that's issue. Why it, that's why it annoys that me. That means you would say that going grocery shopping is an ideological issue, but if, uh, if we were forced to give you groceries, for free, that wouldn't be ideological. Again, if you can demonstrate to me that large, huge companies are always vastly more efficient than large, huge government, then I'm there. It's just that I haven't seen that. What? Well, I think that small organizations, frankly, whether it's government or private, are generally far more efficient, you know why? much leaner and meaner than big ones. You I know think what? the big problem is big organizations get lazy and dumb. Big organizations exist to make money for themselves and their shareholders. Governments exist to give money away and, and to take people's that's money. Why we had They're not in business competing in with each other. That's why we've had, you know, they've had this myriad corporate scandals in the United States. So I was reading an editorial by uh, a fellow who talking about what would we have done uh, if government wasn't able to deal with things like SARS and Mad Cow and so on. Would private enterprise handle that for us? And I'm just not confident that they would. Okay, let's go back to the phones where John's waiting. Hi, John. Oh, hi, Jim. <laughs> I read your column in the paper at the weekend as far as cynicism was concerned. Cynicism, yeah. And I'm left with this thought. Mm -hmm. I'm of the conclusion that those at the top are very religious inasmuch as that they've read Mark 14 in the Bible, mm -hmm. which states the following, To him that hath, so shall it be given. To him that hath not, even that which he seemeth to have, shall be taken away. <laughs> and that seems to be Mr. Metz's philosophy. I'll leave you with that, no, my friend. Thanks, John. Uh, don't know what it has to do with saving money in government, but... Uh, who, who did I suggest that the government should take my money away from? That's just an absurd statement, John. Come on, wake up. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to come back, Jeff, to uh, something we, we talked about a minute ago, and that's this whole issue. Well, we didn't talk about it. We started to talk about it. The issue of overregulation. 
Would you disagree that that it? Well, let me let me change that. It appears to me that what we've done over the last number of years in this country is we have increasingly government has increasingly assumed that people are inherently bad, that we must we must uh, wrap them up in in regulations and papers to prevent them from doing bad things because if we don't do that. Uh, we're just looking for trouble. That they're they're naturally going to going to lean t- towards doing the wrong thing. Uh, is that? Do you think that's a reasonable statement? No. Well, yeah, I think that it's irrational. First of all, the, the the assumption is that people are bad, and also that they're that they're dumb. And I think that we've gotten into a model of government by micromanagement, where again, every time something goes wrong, they pass a regulation or, or a bunch of new policies to deal with it. Yeah. So, so but but, but, you, but you agree with my premise that government seems to be looking at us that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Would you do you disagree with that, Bob? That seems to be that's the way they're looking at us. Well, that yes. Irrational or not, that that that's how absolutely. they're looking. Absolutely. Okay. So here, wouldn't this be a better situation where we do away with? 50% of the red tape or whatever the practical amount is, just throw it out the window, but strengthen the penalties for people who do go bad in public service. Like, really hammer them. So if somebody does something wrong, somebody does get caught taking advantage of these rules, uh, you know, of the, of the, uh, the laxity of the rules or, or, you know, the lack of, of, of micromanagement, if we find somebody who tries to take advantage of that, just, just pound them right into the ground. Do you think we'd be better off with a system like that? Uh, in no. some ways, in some ways, we would. Although uh, I don't think w- so. Penalties for most things have been getting a lot more serious the last decade. Actually, people may not sort of appreciate that, but for most kinds of crimes, certainly penalties have gone up quite a bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, having said bureaucratic that, crime. Um, well, that's how many stories do we hear about people that don't get processed? Just go away. Just go home and you know sh- well, shut up about it and go home. Well, here's a fact: if you have a white collar on, your chances of going to jail for anything are extremely low. Well, and if you if you have a white collar on, you work for the government, your chances are almost nil. You get you'll be the ambassador to Denmark or, before or, you know it. We're in private enterprise. As far as I know, nobody's gone to jail over Enron yet. Uh, again, any uh, it comes back to my large organization thing. You know, if you're somebody who's who's among the privileged in society or, or even uh, sort of, uh, say, if you're wearing a white collar, then you can get away with it a lot more than if you're not. And that's something that obviously is wrong. And it also, to me, sends out a, a very bad leadership message. That you, that you, what, you know, why bother to follow laws? You, you know, you're going to get away with it anyway. But we quickly go back to phones where Tim's waiting. Hi, Tim. Hi, gentlemen. Uh, just a quick comment. I was stunned by, I think it was Jeff's comment about the similarity between big businesses and big government being equal in their uh, inability to run efficiently. I work for well, a pharmaceutical yeah. firm that uh, has the prices of its product controlled strictly by the government, and we haven't been able essentially to raise prices in 10 years, yet we still have to answer to consumers, shareholders, profit margins, all of those things, mm-hmm. and we managed to do it. Mm-hmm. That's why so many seniors from the states are buying their drugs in Canada. Just in, in fairness to him, that was Jeff's comment, not Bob's. But would you know? Do you disagree with the comment? Then I, I assume you do. Tim, do you disagree with that? Oh, we've lost Tim somehow. Sorry about that, Tim. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. Uh, traditionally, we give you a, a quick wrap up, uh, Bob. Uh, any last thoughts on how they can save money? Well, you know, you talk about government regulation, and and that's what people. Look, that's all government does. Government should actually regulate, but it should just be a referee. It shouldn't be a player in the game. And I think that's the thinking we have to get back to that you let the players play by the rules and the government's just there to make the rules not run and be one of the players. If they break the rules, do you get hammered for it? 
Well, there has to be consequences. I don't know about hammered. Oh, I, think I like hammered a lot. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm less a punisher than I am a person who believes in consequences to one's actions. Jeff, last I, word to you. I like those both. Uh, well, one thing about government I like, I guess, is that we have renewal from time to time, and I'm pleased to hear, for instance, that Paul Martin's going to look at the gun registry. You know, and people say it's a liberal and a liberal, but Paul Martin's a very different guy than Jean Chrétien, and, and we do have different parties that come, and I think that that's probably our saving grace, is that every so often somebody comes in who has no vested interest in defending the people who came before them, and they do look at things, and I think that th it's, it's, it's a ratcheting thing, that things get worse, somebody comes in, then they get better, then they get worse and get better. On balance, you know, it's frustrating, but at the end of the day, I'm still an optimist that uh, we can make government more efficient, and I'd rather have that, that, that happen than have government tell us, look, you're going to pay us less, we're going to give you less. I want more for less. At the end, uh, end of the day, folks, I think uh, don't be counting on any reduction in your taxes uh, in your lifetime or anybody's lifetime that's listening to this program, because that ain't going to happen no matter what they do. I don't think. So there. That's my last word. I Thanks, just, guys. I just want Thanks, more Jim. for less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Write that one down. Jeff wants more for less. Uh, he is, by the way, the guy on the left, right? Uh, <laughs>